Hi, everybody. Well, this is a new one. I am taping this podcast from my kitchen because I've been quarantined. Uh, I'm fine. I do not have the coronavirus, but out of an abundance of caution, Fox is trying to keep us all very safe and therefore I'm not in the building, but that's okay. The technology and our amazing people at uh, the Fox podcast team have been helping me make sure I can still bring you fresh podcasts that are on point and on the news. So welcome to Everyone Talks to Liz. I hope you guys are hanging in there. And as you all do your social distancing or your sheltering in place, I really urge you to listen to some of the, the previous podcasts too, because they're just very encouraging and very inspirational. That's what we do here. For this one today, we know that as we are all dealing with the coronavirus, this never before seen enemy we're now facing but cannot see everyone from doctors to biologists to epidemiologists to yes, engineers, everyone is racing to find a solution, whether it be for a vaccine or a cure or even retooling industrial plants to manufacture ventilators or face masks or hand sanitizer. This week's podcast guest changed career courses, leaving behind his job at NASA as a NASA engineer to create a billion-dollar brand to help everyone gain access to the most abundant protein in the human body, which makes up about 75 to 80% of our skin, and that's collagen. What is this brilliant problem solver thinking about now during this pandemic? I'd like to welcome the founder and CEO of Vital Proteins, Kurt Seidensticker. Thank you so much for joining Everyone Talks to Liz. Kurt, we appreciate you being here. Hi, Liz. Thanks for having me. Uh Pleasure to talk with you. Tell me where you are right now and what your world has been like this past week. Yeah, it's unique. I'm also quarantined, right? Uh, I think our company, being a wellness company, we've been a little bit ahead of the curve as far as taking proactive action. So about uh, two weeks ago, I converted our corporate headquarters to a work-from-home policy. And uh, so I'm sitting here in uh, Sunny Isles Beach, Florida, in my in my condo, so... Well, good. Enjoy the sunshine. Uh, I'm up here in New Jersey overlooking uh, the city, and uh, we could have a lot worse problems. I know that. All right. You're known for approaching every new venture, whether it was at NASA, any challenge, or at Vital Proteins, uh, to approach it with a renaissance man mentality. Let's put that mentality to work right now. If you were in charge of at least the engineering or retooling part of all that this country is trying to do to solve this problem, what would you tackle first? Well, I think what we need to do is get a rational sense of how much the coronavirus has uh, spread. So I think, you know, I like what Elon Musk is doing with building ventilators. But I think we need to do what Germany is doing. I think we, I think everyone needs to be tested, whether you're symptomatic or not, and that gives us a better control and a better understanding of, you know, how serious the coronavirus uh, is. Because we may see high mortality rates, but it, it's only because we're sampling the people who are near death, right? So there's <laughs> some things we need to be doing to expand our understanding of the disease. What about all of the data that you in the past have had to compile for your projects at NASA? Don't you need a lot of data before you can make a conclusion? We're all waiting on vaccines or different types of therapies and to see if they work. But how important is it that we 
make sure that we we don't let go of at least certain standards. We can't be perfect right now. We can't aim for perfection at the moment. But what what do you see as really crucial that we need to hold on to at this moment? You know, part of my entrepreneurial culture is really focusing on uh, a motto of we sprint, meaning don't be a fa- don't be afraid to fail. I always say fail early, fail often. So you should always be looking at many opportunities. Don't follow one path, follow many, find out what works, find out what doesn't work. And I think that's the quickest way to find a solution to what's going on today. Can you remember anything from your time at NASA where you were faced with a challenge? You know, people like anecdotal evidence. They like actual Uh stories of real world examples where you were faced with a challenge of, of something, anything, and you were able to fix it by using that method. Yeah, so a good example is we were working with the Italian Space Agency on a mission called Tethered Satellite System. And the control system, uh, once we started the flight, was failing. And the protocols and procedures and and processes in place said, if you're going to fix it, you have to go through all this quality assurance that could take weeks. And we were in the middle of a mission. And so the problem is we wanted to follow safety protocols. And we wanted to follow those processes and procedures, but there simply wasn't time. And so I proposed that we actually develop a new system and run side by side so that we had the actual live system. And then we had the new system with better control systems in place. And we didn't have to rely on it, but the information that it provided us would be better for decision-making going forward. So that's what we did. And we essentially made changes within hours, which would normally take months. Oh, see, that's very Apollo 13. (laughs) You know, you get the the box, you put a bunch of things in there and say, how do we solve this problem and keep these guys alive? You have Um, to, yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. Let me ask you about your daughter. She did go to medical school. What was her specialty? Is she a doctor now? What is her life like at this moment? Yeah, you know, um, she went to University of Chicago under or for medical school. Um, She finished her residency last year. She's an anesthesiologist. Uh, at Northwestern University or at Northwestern Hospital in Chicago. And her job is, you know, as this pandemic grows, is intubating people on ventilators. You know, right now she's doing a fellowship in, in pain management. So she's not um, doing that today. But the hospital has told her a lot of these younger doctors, they're, they're reserving them for the second wave, which means that there's current doctors handling the cases today, but they see risk to those doctors, they see fatigue to those doctors, and they're maintaining a second wave of doctors to come in and relieve those original doctors. So as an anesthesiologist, she'll be on the front lines um, if this grows. We wish her the best. And uh, we cannot thank all of the caregivers, the nurses, the doctors, the orderlies, everybody who have just been you know, working 24 seven to survive and help other people survive this. Let's talk a little bit about vital proteins uh, because this is what you created. And uh, you originally had a totally different intention. It wasn't for people like the Kardashians or (laughs) Jennifer Aniston who are now about fans, but um, tell us about the genesis of this and, and what it does for people's health. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. Um, this is my own personal journey, right? I'm I'm an engineer. I'm also very into fitness and have been a runner since I was a kid. And as I was getting older into my 40s, I found that I could no longer run every day like I used to. I couldn't go out for a long run and then 
uh, get back out there the next day. I was getting a lot of joint pain. And uh, at the time, my daughter was in medical school and I started talking to her. I said, what's going on? Like, why do people, it, it's pretty common that people have to give up their running shoes when they get older. And it's one of my passions, not only from a fitness standpoint, but also from, you know, a, a perspective of, of just well-being. And uh, we talked about it and we talked about how your joints are really made out of, you know, cartilage, ligaments, tendons, but those are also made out, those are made out of collagen, almost 100% collagen. She's talking about you're probably just wearing down the joints and they're not growing back as quick as possible. And uh, from that perspective, I said, well, I don't want to take like glucosamine or chondroitin sulfate, which masks the problem. I want to grow these joints back so I can continue to run and, and be passionate about it. Mm. And so I started looking like, what could I take to actually help grow back those joints? And Because uh, I know I was wearing them down when I was running. And uh, so that was the key moment. Asking that question was, what can, what can be done? And, and I looked at my diet. I looked at the nutrients I was getting in my food. And, and it really came down to an amino acid, glycine, which is really essential for collagen synthesis. And I said, okay, where can I get glycine? And it turned out collagen is rich in, in glycine. So it seems almost obvious that collagen, consuming collagen would be with the solution, but it wasn't back then, right? Back in uh, 20, 2012. And so, you know, following that journey, I said, okay, how much collagen do you need? And, and, and there are some studies that were published that, that you really need almost you know, 15 grams of glycine a day and your body can produce some of it. Your diet has some of it, but you're really short about, about nine grams of glycine, which means about 20 to 40 grams of collagen per day. And that was kind of the revolutionary moment where you suddenly go, wow, that's and this is where I came up with the company name. It's like, that's really a vital protein. And I said, uh, you know, most products in the market were saying, just take one or two grams of collagen. Your body just needed so much more of it. As the brand evolved, though, it was kind of funny because I kind of started this as like a, a running athlete and it turned out it really resonated, you know, in the beauty segment. So I said, well, I, I started a paleo running company and ended up running a, uh, a, a millennial beauty company. <laughs> <laughs> this is Everyone Talks to Liz and we'll be right back. Well, well how do you source glycine? I've got some of your product and I've yeah. used it and I, I'm looking on the marine collagen. I have the marine, I've got the matcha, um, which the matcha latte, that's very, oh, yeah. very millennial. Um, and on the back of the marine, it says, let's see, glycine, 2,718 milligrams. Um, tell me where you source it and uh, what what would be the equivalent of one scoop of this when it comes to, right. I don't know if you could compare it to eggs. Yeah. So glyce, the amount of glycine in collagen is probably 50 times greater than eggs or meat protein or whey protein or any other forms. Most other forms of protein are not rich in glycine. It's the collagen it. that are rich. Yeah. And so we have, we have multiple sources of collagen that we sell, but one of them is uh, marine collagen, which you, which you have, and that's mm -hmm. really coming from the scales and the skin of the fish. And so that's very rich in, in glycine. And then we also source from, from bovine hide as well. I don't taste fish. Right. Well, How do you get rid of that? Right. I'm smelling it right now because. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? One of, one of the amazing things that really um, propelled vital proteins was creating a personalized collagen that you could incorporate into whatever you do during the day. Mm -hmm. And that's really empowered individuals to take control of their own wellness. So if you're a coffee drinker, you're adding a scoop in your, in your coffee. If you're making smoothies or you add it to your water, you add it to your food and suddenly mm -hmm. 
you know, we had this flavorless, odorless collagen that people could add to any form of their daily routine. And we were really revolutionizing and empowering people in their wellness journey. So can you just tell me what, what proof there is that your product helps rebuild the cartilage in my knee, if I were to yeah. take it uh, relatively often and uh, on a schedule? Well, you know, there's anecdotal evidence, but there's also strong clinical research. When, when consumers start taking that 20 or 40 grams per day, yes. I would say within two weeks, they start noticing a difference. And the very first thing you notice is your nails are growing really strong. You know, your, your nails are made out of collagen, your hair, your skin. So people are taking it for, for hair, skin, and nails predominantly, but they're also taking it for joint health. And well, you know, there's anecdotal evidence, but there's also strong clinical research. When when consumers start taking that 20 or 40 grams per day, I would say within two weeks, they start noticing a difference. And the very first thing you notice is your nails are growing really strong. You know, your your nails are made out of collagen, your hair, your skin. So people are taking it for, for hair, skin, and nails predominantly, but they're also taking it for joint health. And there are clinical studies out there across every as, as far as joint health that shows both in, in vitro um, as well as, um, you know, showing that that collagen actually consumed actually helps rebuild the joints. They can tag a collagen molecule and then actually see it 12 hours later inside of a joint. And, uh, you know, that's pretty miraculous. But a lot of people are going to see the benefits in their skin just from looking in the mirror as well or their hair. Their hair is going to grow longer. You know, maybe after 120 days, some of the new hair follicles will be stronger as well. Sure. You know, post-NASA, I don't know if people know this, you helped Motorola build the industry's earliest cell phone prototypes. Uh, then yeah. you moved to, what, Level 3 Communications, where you were the architect of the fiber optic cable network that enabled everyone from AT&T to Verizon to Comcast, to Singular, remember Singular, yeah. to, uh, to get Americans connected to the internet. Um, right now, everybody's working from home. And I have to tell you, Kurt, I'm amazed at what technology I am able to put together, broadcast quality uh, live shots from my house and my deck, and a few things plugged into regular outlets. How far have we come and how much further could we eventually go, especially at a time where we've all been forced to ramp up our knowledge and our ability to communicate without being near our work and the broadband superhighway that connects most, you know, how buildings in midtown Manhattan to a faster net. Yeah. I mean, it's a new reality we're in. I think, you know, one thing, if you look at my career, I've always been innovative, but I've also been able to see intuitively where the future is going. I think early on, you know, I helped Motorola develop basically the cell phone networks around the world. That was a first generation of cell phone communications. Same with level three. So everything we're doing today that when we're all working from home is running over that level three conduit that we created back in 1998 to 2002. We created, we connected every major metropolitan with these tubes of, of um, fiber optics that provide to even today our high speed communications. I look back to how much we've progressed in bandwidth from the 90s when it was dial up and, you know, ISDN lines that were so slow. And, and, and what we're seeing now is fiber to the home. And that gives you that one gigabit per second. I, I see that getting broader and broader. And we've also been, I, I, I've been a little lucky here, but back in 
uh, November, I started um, prototyping a work from home process at Vital Proteins to make sure that everyone had the capability to work from home. And so we wow. we set up a program for phones, computers, internet, even cell phones that people had the ability and we trialed it out. You know, once a week people would work from home and we made a sure work. And, and that's great because our transition to work from home today was was fairly seamless. And oh, that's foresight. I mean, that is yeah. true foresight because I think a lot of companies have looked down, quite frankly, on people who asked to work from home, whether it was a financial issue, it's very expensive to commute from the outer reaches of New Jersey or Connecticut, or you know, you're, you're simply talking about using fossil fuels in your car to go back and forth. It's a waste of time. And Or if you're a mom or a dad and you just couldn't pay for childcare. Now, I think it's going to change the whole way we look at working and labor when it comes to being at home, but it really is only for a specific segment of society. People who work right. on assembly lines cannot do that. Yeah. You know, um, I think overall we've seen, you know, our office workers more productive, right? Because they're not, I have my head of sales. She commuted four hours round trip every day. She has now those extra four hours in, in her day. We're all more focused. We're all, it seems we're all more connected because I'm able to go from conversation to conversation just by, you know, changing the phone, the phone number I'm dialing. And it, it seems to work really well. I think we also have a factory, right? I, I'm, you know, my employees wellness and, and health are, are most important. What we've done is you know, we've implemented a lot of programs to, to help even the factory workers because they're a critical part of our supply chain and our well-being. you know, as a society being able to provide uh, food and services that we all need. I've switched to like a, instead of working five days a week, eight hours a day, I've switched to four days a week, 10 hours a day so that they have, you know, at least three days of less exposure potential. Excellent. We've implemented health pr protocols to it at our manufacturing facility. And we've given, you know, even before the new um, family leave act that they just signed, we started saying, Hey, I understand that you're, you may have problems with childcare, like schools are being closed. I'm going to continue to pay my employees and I'm going to let them stay home, even if they're a factory worker, because, you know, overall, you have to kind of be ahead of this curve and, and look out for the own your wellness of your own team. So. Well, bless you for thinking ahead, for thinking about your team and your employees. Uh, and we wish you the best of luck, uh, Vital Proteins. You guys have the number one market share in what is a fast growing, I believe, nearly $8 billion industry. Kurt, good luck to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great to talk to you. Kurt Seidensticker of Vital Proteins. And I just want to say that um, leadership is shining through with certain individuals. Obviously, Kurt is one of them. And we should all take our cues from people who have calmly, but professionally and uh, diligently said, why not instead of why let's try it instead of that won't work or we can do this somehow some way let's tackle it and uh i know who i'm taking my cues from and i'm trying to be that for my own team at fox business and all i can say is i i wish all of you out there a healthy healthy next couple of weeks hang in there and um i appreciate you listening to everyone talks to liz and I will be doing live hits in my show, 3 p.m. Eastern, The Claim and Countdown. Uh, I've moved my location multiple times, by the way, because 
I keep hearing from from the network, wait, no, you can't do it that way. You can't do it that way. So today you got to tune in or, you know, try and see which one will work the best. It's a moving target. Let's put it that way. Anyway, I'll hear from you soon. So good luck. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.